Hello everybody, this is the angry challenger of the new challengers, and I'm sitting here with... Yo, what's up? It's the dreaded challenger. What's up, dreaded? So we're coming here, we're coming here to tell you, we're coming here to, to lay it all down for you and, and, uh, and give you some good, good content on this podcast. I'm sitting here with my glass of water, and my diet, caffeine-free Coke, ready to do this thing. It's ready to kill this podcast. Angry. That Let's is get this thing started. The podcast starter kit, and I want to tell a little bit today about training mode. Now, you might have seen our awesome YouTube videos on our YouTube channel, The New Challenger. Just you know, throwing that one out there. But uh, a lot of people they That's go a, into the game and they don't know where to start. Any particular fighting game, it's hard to get really started. But a real good place to start is that training mode that is almost universal in every fighting game. It's the dojo. That is the dojo. And I'm going to put this out here right now. Some fighting games have what's called a tutorial mode where the game will walk you through all of the basic concepts for the game. Movement, attack, advanced movements, defense, all that. Do that. Do that tutorial mode. But I'm going to tell you right now that most tutorial modes are not going to teach you, the player, how to actually master the game. A lot of that is going to come from training mode, from watching YouTube videos, from reading FAQs, from scouring the internet, things like that. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of training modes that are really good, some of them that aren't so good, but a lot of them are really geared to people who have already been in fighting games before. So just heads up, they're, they're not going to, some of them aren't going to break everything down for you. Some of the uh, complicated fighting games like Blaze Blue are absolutely necessary. You won't know what is what unless you do the tutorial mode. Uh, I don't think I've even finished the tutorial mode on Blaze Blue. It's, it's, it's actually, uh, I think it's longer than the single player campaign. Oh, I'm not man. exactly sure. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Long. Have the, uh, yeah, it is. Different things for each character. But we're not, today, I'm glad you brought up Blaze Blue, we're not going to focus on any single particular game we're going to try to go over concepts that are uh you can find in games ranging from mortal Kombat to street fighter to pretty much you know anything out there that you could think of yeah the i mean training mode these days it's almost they're almost universal in what you can do so so we'll, we'll look at it from that that perspective so when we're talking about games we, we won't be we won't be singling out any particular game yeah, so let's, uh, let me get started with the purpose of training mode. The primary purpose of your training mode should be to help you become a better player. Not just to go in there and see all the snazzy special moves. I mean, you want to do that, so that's cool, then do it. Not to go in there and to, you know, be a training mode monster. That is somebody that can do all these cool combos or whatnot. You need to be able to know how to use training mode effectively so that you can actually, you know, Spill over. Make you a better player. Yeah, actually make you a better player yeah. online. Not just mode. not just so that you can do combos. Yes. Com that's very important. That is very important. But there's so much more that you can unlock. So many skills that you can refine in training mode besides the guy standing there and you're going to you know jump in and do a combo. Frequently, or do your special move. Frequently I got people coming up to me when I play because most of what I do is training mm -hmm. mode. Most of a good player, what he's doing, he's spending time in training mode, 
testing things, arcade mode, and he's like, why is the computer not doing anything? A lot of players who don't really play fighting games don't even know training mode exists. So, Which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's there. It's a tool. It's a very effective tool. I've learned a lot just playing training mode. So we're going to talk about some things you should be looking for, basic concepts, and hopefully try to explain some things to get you uh, on the ground running. Right on, right on. Uh, probably one of the first thing uh, where we should start is uh, a little uh, feature called Auto Guard. It's actually a pretty common feature uh, where the computer will stand there and take damage. However, he will automatically block if you try to attack him twice within a short period of time. Essentially what that does is if you start a combo and you drop the combo, you'll know automatically because uh, the computer's going to block it. Yeah, not only that, but um, usually you'll find that when like, you press start or whatever, you go to training options, if that's there, and it'll be under guard. So usually the default is no guard. So then you also have one-hit guard and typically random guard. Auto guard is your one-hit guard. So if you're practicing right. combos or if you're practicing tick throws or anything like that, you're going to want to turn auto guard on. And I always turn my auto guard on because I want to see what is a combo, what is safe, what is not safe, things like that. So it would behoove you to turn that auto guard on. Yeah, because you don't want to accidentally have your auto guard off and you think that something combos when it, you know, when it obviously does not when an auto guard would, would definitely not allow that. Yeah, I know some people, they don't turn the auto guard on, they just watch the combo counter. For me, it's like, why take the risk? Not only that, but you can also kind of see uh, Chester block strings and things like that. So you can see, you can kind of see how long the, the, uh, the block stuns are. You got a feel for it. Okay, so that's auto guard. Uh, it's one of the first things I turn on. Another thing I like to turn on is attack data. And I also like to turn on my uh, button input so I can see what buttons I'm pressing. Now, attack data, what that's going to show is like the most damage you're dealing in the combo. It'll show the current amount of damage you've done, the max hits, the number of hits in a combo. Sometimes it'll even show things like, you know, the percentage of scaling for the damage that you have for your combo. That's very important. Especially when you're building combos, you want to see uh, how much scaling is reducing your damage per hit. So, those are those are like the bare minimum things I like to set up. I like to go in, just turn those on, see what buttons I'm pressing, you know, help me find shortcuts and things like that. And then I go in there, I turn on my buttons, I turn on my attack data, I want to see that damage I'm dealing, I got my auto guard in, I start pressing my buttons, testing things out. We talk a little bit about that and attack and movement in our YouTube videos. But uh, there's other things. And, I mean, that's not just training mode. Like Reddit was saying earlier, it's not all about combos. There's a lot of other things you can do. So moving on there, we have uh, also counter hits, uh, movement options for the CPU, um, and things like that. But let's back it up for a minute there, Dreaded. Let's talk about what character you should pick for training mode. Well, yeah, obviously when you're going 
to pick your own character, you definitely want to pick the character you want to play or get better at. Uh, but also, um, it helps if you pick when you're picking your opponent in the training mode. You know that there's different characters uh, have different they have different profiles. Uh, some of them in some games, when you juggle them, they fall faster or fall less. They either have a floatier jump, they have a heavier jump, and and for sure, uh, a lot of them have larger or smaller hitboxes. So if you're going to be throwing in there with one of a huge crappler, you know, crossups might be easier to hit. Different combos might be easier to land as opposed to a smaller character who has smaller hitboxes. Uh, just be wary that some combos and some setups might not work as well on different characters. So if you want to work against, um, uh, you know, specific setups against smaller characters, be beware when you pick your character that some setups that you that might work on some don't work on another. Also, you got to really think if you're going out and you know you're having problems beating a particular character online you just like oh i just can't beat character x we'll get in the training room and put on that character x so you're facing that character you get used to how that character moves and defends where his hitboxes are and stuff like that uh specifically for like a specifics thing uh there's a particular setup that i like to do where i'll do a juggle and then i'll buffer a dash into my ultra uh, and there's a specific character that i practice with because that character falls faster, and it's the hardest character to actually hit that setup on. So when I'm going into the game to practice that particular combo, I, I, I always pick the one character that's hardest to do it on, so I know that I'm doing it right every time once I hit it. Yeah, Dread is right, because you don't want to pick the largest character. Because some combos will hit them that won't hit other people. I made that mistake when I was playing Skullgirls because I was doing a lot of combos against Big Ben because I like Big Ben. Some combos work on Big Ben that aren't going to work otherwise. And while I do like fighting Big Ben because I like his appearance, his style, or whatever, I need to really practice with someone else smaller, like Parasol. In the case of Street Fighter, you might want to go sparring up against like Cody. Cody falls faster. Or Blanca. That's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, Blanca. So, I mean, you also need to consider, so if you're going to pick between Cody and Blanca, who are you more often seeing online? You're probably more likely to see a Cody than a Blanca. So go in there and, you know, have Cody as your, uh, your little training partner there. Falls faster, you get better practice doing more consistent combos because if you're hitting them against somebody who's falling faster or if you're hitting against somebody who's smaller or the average size you're better off yeah you don't need to practice those mad serious combos against chang if you're hitting crazy combos against kyo you don't need to do them against chang they're gonna hit he's a much bigger character so consider all those things and also consider that hey maybe you have to fight Choi. practice your combos at the most difficult level but make sure you also average it out so that you're not working too hard, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's the character you should choose. Um, like Dreaded said earlier, choose the character that you want to play and choose an opponent that's feasible for training. Now, CPU movement. 
A lot of people, when they go into training mode, they just have the dummy on stand. That's fine. That's the default or whatever. For me, I like to set the dummy to jump for certain things. I like to set the dummy to CPU so that I can, when I'm done practicing my combos, practicing my motions, I can actually just fight the computer infinitely without worrying about a KO or whatever. Uh, a lot of times I, you have to try out your combos uh, on a crouching opponent. Because there's some co- combos that only hit standing. Um, so it's important to check that out as well. Yeah, because there's a lot of things to consider. When you're actually fighting somebody, they're not just going to be standing. For 2D fighters, they're probably going to be crouch blocking. For games like Tekken, the defense is very complicated. So their training mode is very complicated. Go through and look at all your movement options for your dummies because you're going to want to have them moving around a little bit. Sometimes you have jump. Sometimes the games even have forward jump. Use it all. You know, Test the properties of your aerial attacks. And speaking of properties, test your counter hits. Some games actually give you the ability to turn on counter hits, and that's huge. Most new players don't know this, but counter hits will drastically change the properties of many moves in fighting games right down to your very basics by adding more frames of advantage or more damage or both to your attacks. Yeah, there's actually uh, so many combos that uh, are possible only on counter hit. So you want to practice specific setups where you can hit someone out of their move. Uh, that's called frame traps. That's probably for another podcast. But uh, once you turn on counter hits, it artifi- artificially makes it so that when you hit, it's it's as if you're hitting them out of their move. Um, make sure that you know when your counter hit option is off or on because you might see, oh, man, I learned all of these awesome combos, but then you go out and find out that they don't work. It's because you had your counter hit thing on, and it only works on a counter hit. So be wary of that. It's a double-edged sword, but it, it's very... Yeah. It'll inflate your damage. Uh, definitely inflate your damage uh, and give you different properties that, that won't be on regular hit. Training mode presents a lot of options to new players. and Absolutely. Counter hits, movement, auto guards, these are things that you might not look at initially. Random block and random recovery are another thing that new players need to think about. Because blocking, yeah. New players know, okay, I need to hold back or hold a button so I can block. But think about recovery as well. Think about random blocking. What I mean by random blocking is if you turn random blocking on, when you hit the person, you don't know if they're going to block your move or not. There's many times I've been playing online in like a ranked match or whatever. And I just go in for that raw cross-up. I'm to jump in. And in my mind, I think to myself, this is probably not going to hit because they blocked every other cross-up. And my cross-up hits, and I kind of a blank. And I think to myself, oh, shoot, I can't do my throw anymore. I can't do my tick throw on the block because they didn't block, but I also didn't press a button fast enough to combo. Practice random blocking so that you can quickly react to if someone blocks or not. And, pract- and always turn recovery on, but turn on random recovery so that when you do your combo and you knock down, you do like a soft knockdown that they can recover from. If you have recoveries like forward or backward or whatever, you want to be ready for anything so that you're not like setting up some type of crazy mind games, vortex, mix-up, whatever, 
and it's not going to work if they roll behind you or if they roll backwards a little bit or if they delay wake up, something like that. Yeah, turning on random uh, dummy on, on on random block or random recovery, what it does is it it, it simulates more of what you're going to face out there. You don't know if these counter hits are going to hit counter hit or if they're not going to hit counter hit or if they're going to block it or if they're not going to block it. What it gonna, it's going to train you to do is hit confirm. If Once you throw out that first jab of the combo, you really need to, to, to know when to not start pressing buttons or when you do need to start pressing buttons. It's kind of a reaction you need to take. So um, that kind of helps you practice um, kind of react to that first hit. It's called a hit confirm where you confirm that you, start, you, you, you got your hit and that you can start your combo or your setup or what have you. And same thing with recovery. Um, you know, if you have certain setups that you do after a hard knockdown or a soft knockdown or, or whatever, um, you, you want to start feeling the timings of if they're going to, you know, hop back right up or stay on the ground a little bit. What are you going to do? How are you going to react? I mean, you can also do, get all this by playing online, but new players know that when they play online, they're going to get eaten. So why not just either eaten, mode? either eaten or they're going to face uh, a lot of inexperienced players that are going to do a lot of dumb things. Uh, we don't want to get conditioned to playing dumb. We don't want, we, we want smart play. Understand that people, some people are more random than others. So why not make your dummy random? It's the best you're going to get. And let me back up for a bit. In that movement option, there is a CPU mode. So when you're practicing all those sweet combos in there and you're really giving it to the CPU with your random block on, your random recovery, how about you actually turn the CPU on and see how that fares. Now the computer is never going to be the same as playing a person. Computers have patterns, they have different ways they react that you can kind of learn and adjust to, but it's still better than you just practicing combos against still thing or opponent. True. It's like a moving target. Uh, you have to actually practice implementing it at different spacing, different timing, different situations. Uh, it, it'll be, it's good. Um, uh, and it's usually built right into the training mode, so it gives it's a little bit of everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, um, some yeah, go ahead. I was gonna I was gonna talk about a uh, stage to pick, but uh, finish your thought. Oh well, yeah, I was about to talk about the the train the, the stages to pick when you're going to uh, to training mode. See this now is this, a lot the Street Fighter Cross yeah go ahead synergy we have together you know. Like, uh, we're the legendary duo. You know, we know what we're each other's thinking. Yes. So uh, when we're talking about the stage, um, you know, a lot of you think that the stage really doesn't matter. Well, you know, some of you, some people don't realize that back when they were um, making Street Fighter II uh, and they were building the Sagat stage, there was actually a lot of thought put into the coding for the little rock in the corner um, that's next to the Sagat statue, they actually at one point thought about randomizing where that rock would be generated every round. And you're like, well, that's weird. It's because if you use that rock, you can use it as a reference point to start a vortex mix-up in the corner with Ryu. So they actually thought about changing up where that rock was every time. And that brings me to when you're playing a stage, it's good to know where the feel is for everything and the distances are. That's when when you go to the training stage, and that's why they even have a training stage, where you see it's got the line down in the middle that annotates where's the neutral position, where's the middle of the, of the stage, and it's got lines and blocks. And you're like, why, why does it 
you know, look like a grid in there. Well, that's we that's that's a tool because you you can use those for spacing. You can use those to kind of like as a little measurement of how far your normals are, how far your jumps go, how far does it take for your 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 fireball to come out. So, you know, what I like to do is I I test out the 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 distance and the and the ranges of my normals. Um, based on the little squares on the ground, like I'll stand three squares away and then hit my, hit my standing uh, hard kick to see if it connects, and then I'll press the other person's longest poke to see if I can outpoke that that other opponent with that move, and then I get a feel for where I really want to be when I'm controlling space. So that's definitely important, and you know, you can actually put on other stages and you can kind of see where some reference points are that you can use to do the same thing during real matches where you're not in the training stage. I know for some games like KOF 13, they don't have a dedicated training stage, so you don't have the the uh, those awesome grid lines to help you out. What I do instead, I just pick like the uh, Kyokujin stage that has the hardwood floor, so it has the lines on the floor. And like Dreddit was saying earlier, you can use background objects as reference points. Now, going back to what he said about that rock, if they're randomized, that's going to make it a little bit more difficult. Sometimes different characters will be in different places in the background, etc. Yeah, but it's definitely something to think of when you're when you're training. It's just another wrinkle that you can put in your game that you use the background to your advantage. Other things that help you: record mode. Now, as far as movement options for the CPU go, you have them jump. You have them. Uh, some games have it when you taunt; they walk forward. You can have them jump forward. You can do all kinds of things. But what if you just want them to throw a fireball? You can, in most modern fighting games, go to the training mode, go to movement, and go to record, or play. You can record, it'll temporarily give you control of the other player, the dummy, and you can make them do whatever you want. Now, in some games, it's intelligent. If you press quarter circle four punch and jump over them, it'll reverse the controls for you. It does that in Street Fighter Four. And so you want to practice reflecting fireballs or absorbing fireballs or jumping over to get your range right. If you want to punish a fireball, you can just have Ryu or someone throw fireballs repeatedly. You can jump over them, dodge them, roll through them, do whatever. Just practice, slide under them, whatever you got. Yeah, definitely. I use it to see sometimes uh, if I'm – like what moves kind of beat out other moves, you know, or even if my if I can actually lock a character into a block string. There's so many setups that you can do where you can have uh, a certain action by the computer or a certain set of actions by the computer. Let's just say that there's a there's a certain setup that you always fall for when you're playing someone else. We'll go into record mode, recreate that certain setup, and then find a way to deal with it or beat it. Uh, test out the properties of your moves, like. Is, does, is there enough invincibility on this move to counter that move? Or, or does this go through fireballs or what have you? Yeah, can I tell a story on that real quick? I was playing the one and only Stylin Challenger, as you know him. The setup master yes. himself. And he used to play as Guile. And I had a lot of problems with the dragon kick. I would block the first kick, block the second kick, and then he would either do the sonic boom to kind of chip me and push me back, or he would do the flash kick. I was Makoto. I didn't have a normal that was long enough range to punish him. 
I didn't have an invincible reversal besides her chop. And sometimes I wouldn't reach the kick. So what I did is I went into training mode and practiced blocking the first kick, focus absorbing the second kick, crumple stunning him with lump level two focus, and getting my combo. I just sat there and practiced, practiced that for like an hour straight until I could get it. That way when I fought him, first time he did it, I punished it. And then he had to think twice about whether or not he was going to do that again. Granted, he still beat me, but, you know, that's another story. <laughs> but record mode made that possible for me. Very helpful. Yeah, one time uh, what I was doing is I was checking the validity of uh, how much of a true block string is the rolling elbow rush from King in Street Fighter Cross Tekken. So I actually set the computer to uh, just throw Shoryukens consistently. Just constantly throw Shoryukens. So what I would do is I would get him in a hard knockdown, and then I would start the rolling elbow rush. And if if he could Shoryuken out of uh, the, the second hit of the rolling elbow rush, I knew that it wasn't a true block string. Although it wasn't a true block string, it's very tight. It's very tight. The, the input, you have to be very strict to, to, to pull off a reversal on that second hit. And then I knew that uh, I could vary it up if I threw in a jab and then the rolling elbow rush to vary it up some, so that they couldn't guess the, the, the third the third hit. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, some games, speaking of that, like Street Fighter Four has this functionality where you can actually save state where your opponent is while you're fighting. So you can save it when they're knocked down and press a button and it'll go back to them being knocked down again so that you can practice wake-ups and stuff like that too, which is pretty cool. So there's no need to go through for Street Fighter 4 specifically and other games like that to go through and practice, you know, setting up record mode, getting a knockdown or whatever, which is ingenious on Reddit's part. But some companies have seen that players want this and they've added it in. Most games have the ability where you can like press select and it'll go back to center screen. So if you know you're doing a combo and you want to get your meter back or whatever and some challenge mode, you can just go back to center screen and reset everything, you know. But there's a lot of tools in training mode. I, I just I ask everyone playing to go and actually see all the options they have when they're training and read through all the menus. But we've kind of gone over a lot of the really, you know, the big ones that we personally look for. Yeah, don't get caught yeah, up in Yeah, I hope combos. this Yeah, don't yeah, don't get caught up just too much in combos cuz then next thing you know, you're gonna, you're going to face a guy who's going to be setting you up that is going to be applying pressure, that's going to be uh, uh doing a lot of tick throws. And uh, you're you're gonna you're gonna need to find out the hard way that you don't just with combos. So get in that training room, use every tool to your advantage, and uh, and start coming up on top on on all of these uh, these, these matches. Yeah, man. And is there anything else you want to go over for training mode? No, uh, right now I think that it's just about everything that uh, I have on my mind. Uh, I'm sure that someone out there could probably leave a comment or uh, or uh, send us a. Uh, some more knowledge on how we can best utilize training mode, but uh, that's uh, that's I'm always looking about how I can use training mode uh, to the fullest. You know what? I just thought of one last thing before we go on to our next section. Oh, hit me with that knowledge. Online training mode. Oh yes. Different games like Street Fighter Cross Tekken, Street Fighter Four, 
have what's called an online training mode where you can actually play with a friend online in training mode and kind of teach them how to play. And that that's pretty much another person there to do what you want to help you practice. You can practice while you're waiting for a rank. Me and Dreddy like to practice a little dream combo that's never going to happen, but it's just fun to go in and do different things with another person because there's no better training mode than actually practicing with someone who is better than you or at your level, especially if you have goals. Yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely true. Uh, and that way, you know, you can actually be a little bit more specific. It's more more of a specific than than, than training mode. But uh, you can learn how how the differences between online and offline feel, and of course you can do you can ask for them to do specific setups, and you can really learn the differences uh, and uh, and learn how to deal with a lot of a lot of different uh, looks and a lot of different situations that you might not be able to get out of the robust the most robust training with training modes. That's a good point. So yeah, you know. Training, there's a lot to training mode. I, I, I just hope that everybody takes the time to actually use the tutorial mode, get that blast of information that most fighting games like throw at people. And I'm sure we can probably do an entire podcast about the issues I have with most tutorial modes, just like we can talk about the issues I have with announcing and fighting games and things like that. Uh, that's for another podcast yeah, so right I'm there. not even going to get into that right now. But I just want to talk about some things that we're doing, Dreaded, on the side, as you know, I am back in Kandahar. This today is the twenty. What? It's the twenty. It's twenty sixth here. Or not? It's twenty fifth here in uh, Kandahar. And on Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday, the twenty ninth, we're gonna have ourselves a Call of Duty tournament. So I am back on the scene, doing the tournaments, handing out the prizes and things like that. At our USO. Shout out to the USO. Kandahar. USO Arif John and all that. Um, our panel at Akon was fantastic. We had a fantastic time uh, at that panel at Akon. So many people came to join us to talk about fighting games. Uh, Hadoken, our intro to fighting games. So many people asked so many great questions. And uh, we made a lot of friends. So hopefully we're looking to uh, do that again. Uh, at other cons, so please keep an eye out on our Facebook page if you are not following us. So for our next panel, uh, when we announce it, you can uh, see us, the new challengers on Facebook. It's got our cool little symbol there, two people punching each other. Um, we did uh, panels at Anime Central last year. We did Ushikon down in Round Rock, Texas. We did Acon in Dallas, and we're going to be going to Galveston and doing. Uh, uh, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully we can get our panel, our panel uh, uh, submitted and approved for yes. OniCon in Galveston. Yes, that would be fantastic. And that panel just covers a lot of the basics in fighting games. Lingo, you know, what does quarter circle mean? You know, difference between 2D and 3D thinking, things like that. It's a lot of information for one hour. We got a nifty little PowerPoint and we just demonstrate a lot of things, kind of like in our YouTube videos. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So uh, if you're uh, if you're following us and you haven't seen our class, you can uh, hopefully you can check it out sometime. So yeah, we'll uh, should we should we do some shout outs before we sign off? I think we should do a few shout outs. As always, we want to shout out to the USO. You know, we wouldn't actually be the new challengers if it wasn't for the USO. Absolutely not. Uh, the best uh, the best support that uh, any 
troops or any even contractors like us uh, can get and uh, the, the, the hardest of conditions out there. So shout out to all the awesome work that they do. Oh, I wanted to, uh, the next, uh, the next shout out I wanted to do is to the awesome guys at Hitbox Arcade. Yes. HitboxArcade.com. Yes. HitboxArcade.com. Check it out, please. HitboxArcade.com. They make an excellent fight stick that does not have a stick and both Dreaded and I main that stick. So. Yes, we can vouch for their efficiency. They've, uh, they've done some great work. Uh, I love my custom hitbox, and they have donated one of their amazing products to the USO Kandahar, and we are very grateful to them. So we want to give them uh, as much publicity as possible on that, and we just absolutely love their product. But also, Jarvis, you get to go into the next shout-out. Yeah, I want to go into good old AidArc.com. What they did is Andy Lamb of AidArc, the uh, CEO as it is, sent us a really awesome fight stick to the USO Kandahar and uh, another USO with our All-Star Challenger. And I got to tell you, I have one of their sticks. I use it for like top-down shooters and stuff like that. And for old arcade games like X-Men Arcade. And they're great fight sticks. They're fantastic, high-quality fight sticks. They have a lot of affordable options. They've got a lot of high-end options light up sticks all kinds of really cool things they sell the canvas they sell eight arcs it's it's really great eight arc.com that's like uh e-i-g-h-t-a-r-c.com i really like these guys you know they do a lot of great stuff and they've helped us out over in the uso so give them a little uh shout out there plus both hitbox and eight arc have uh you know cool sticks coming out and they're working on compatibility with the new gen systems i mean hitbox already has an xbox one hitbox out so you can pre-order that yeah, be on the lookout for the the next generation there yes indeed so you know thank you adark thank you hitbox thank you uso for all of that and uh thank you you know you want to shout out the creators of red shirts red shirts yes Creative Red Shirt. They've donated donated many of their uh, any uh, free games to the to the soldiers overseas. Yes, that's our uh, it's a card game based off of Star Trek. So check that out. All right, those are our shout outs for today. We talked about our cons. Uh, you can hit us up here on YouTube. You can see our videos where we kind of go over uh, fighting games 101, a lot of basics, and we you can actually see what we're talking about on the screen. You can also check us out on Facebook, The New Challengers. You can see what we're doing in the USO, announcements for conventions and things of that nature. You can also check me out on Twitter, The Angry Challenger. Uh, I'll probably post my Twitter down here in the comments or whatever. And we can, uh, you know, you can see what goes through my head. Cosplay, conventions, fighting games. I've been playing a lot of Yadagarasu. And Battle Fantasia. You know, a lot of PC fighting games. Yeah, and uh, if you ever want to get online to rumble uh, with me, I'm usually online uh, at Dreaded A87. You hit me up on PSN, uh, and we can throw down. I'm usually uh, uh, doing some some online warrioring on some Street Fighter 4 or Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Yeah, and uh, I'll post all that information in the comments as well 
Thanks for staying through our little discussion here. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's been a blast, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll put out a lot of these. Uh, I hope they're helpful, and I hope we get to put out a lot more. Yes, yes, as well as our videos. More videos to come, more uh, tournaments at the USO finals and whatnot, and uh, just keep an eye out on your new challenges here. Until the next challenge. Until the next challenge.